Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. If somebody's out there and they have a pretty stable job and don't happen to be working for the oil and gas industry out in Texas or Oklahoma, and they are most of their portfolio is in assets that go up with the pace of inflation, like real estate, and that cash flows at the end of the day is not residential real estate, which goes up and down with the motion. Aren't they sitting pretty right now? Let the Fed cut jobs. I know that's a heartless thing to say, but isn't that a good place of power in a way? But how many people are in that situation? Certainly a minority, a small minority relative to the overall pool of American. And there are a number of things to think about. So far, the government is still suspending student loan repayments. People who've borrowed money through student loans are not having to pay interest on it for the last few years. That's going to end sometime, presumably, maybe after the midterm elections. But suddenly all of these people who haven't been able, who haven't been forced to pay interest on their student loans for the last two and a half years are going to have to start paying a lot of money on their student loans again. And this is going to make it much more difficult for them to go out and rent an apartment. And so that when that occurs, there's likely to be downward pressure on rents. And also mortgage rates have shot up from what, below 3% at the end of last year to as high as 5.8% a, a few weeks ago. They could keep moving higher because the Fed is going to destroy, start allowing its the Fed owns $2.7 trillion of mortgage-backed securities, and which it acquired through quantitative easing over the last few years. But now they're going to start allowing these to run off. And as the Fed shrinks its pool of mortgage-backed securities, someone else is going to have to buy those. And that's going to put upward pressure on mortgage rates, further upward pressure on mortgage rates. So we're likely to move into a position where property prices are falling and perhaps substantially. And you, so how long is this going to go on? I think it's going to go on until the inflation rate comes down significantly. And so the most recent employment numbers that we got just a couple of days ago were pretty discouraging. The consensus estimate was that job growth would be 250,000, which is still pretty strong as it is, but it turned out to be what, 370,000. And the unemployment rate stayed at 3.6%. So that means the people still have jobs they're still going to spend so that means the fed has much more work to do in terms of jacking up interest rates before the number of new employees start stops increasing and starts shrinking so we're in for many more interest rate hikes over the rest of this year and on into next year i think unless the economy just slows so suddenly that it goes into a significant recession in the near term that prices start to fall now, the one positive note that we've seen recently, just over the last couple of weeks, is commodity prices are falling pretty sharply over the last three weeks or so. Oil is down from a peak of 140 to about 100, but also copper, wheat, timber, loss of metals, they're all falling very sharply. And so that will help some in terms of alleviating the upward pressure on inflation, but it's going to take a number of months, even in a, in a good scenario, before we see significant downward shift in the inflation rate and before the Fed is in a position to become a little less hawkish. So if I put myself in the head of a business owner or like a man, like an old school manufacturing company, 
the Fed's raised my interest rates. I predict slowing growth, still growth potentially next year, but I may downsize my employment or downsize my headcount, but also not buy as much raw materials. So that makes sense. Yep. And the chances of a recession are really quite high now. In fact, technically we may be in a recession because the first quarter, the GDP, and now most people think the second quarter shrank as well, although the official data is not out yet. And the traditional definition of a recession is two years of two quarters of economic contraction. That's a bit technical, but looking ahead, it, the chances of the economy shrinking more are really very significant because the main two themes that run through my work in MacroWatch is that in this new world of creditism, credit growth drives economic growth and liquidity determines whether asset prices go up or down. So credit growth is now contracting when adjusted for inflation. It contracted, it's contracted for two quarters in a row. And as I mentioned earlier on, the credit grows by less than 2% adjusted for inflation. The U.S. goes into recession and it's not only growing at 2%, it's actually negative now. For the last two quarters, credit growth has been, is a negative number. And that's signaling something that everyone should be very worried about because if it grows by less than 2%, if history isn't a guy, any guy, the U.S. goes into recession. And moreover, the wealth effect that was supplementing credit growth and generating economic growth after 2009, of course, wealth is being destroyed on a very significant scale. It's quite possible that total wealth in the U.S. contracted by 10% in the second quarter. That's my estimate. Something like $15 trillion of wealth has been destroyed in the first half of the year. So with credit contracting and wealth contracting, those are the main drivers of growth. And so we're, it looks like we're moving into a period where there is going to be a significant recession. It just hasn't hit yet, but it's likely we're going to, it's very likely that we're going to continue seeing more and more signs of this. And with the Fed continuing to hike interest rates until a lot of people lose their jobs and the inflation rate comes down, well, that hasn't really even got underway yet. And so as the Fed keeps tightening and as the Fed, right now the Fed has started destroying money through quantitative tightening at the rate of $47 billion a month. It will be $47 billion in June, July, and August. And then it doubles to $95 billion in September and every month after that. And so what that means is because of quantitative tightening, the Fed is going to destroy something like $1.1 trillion a year as long as this continues. If it destroys $1.1 trillion, that's 11% of all the dollars. And so this is going to cause liquidity in the economy to shrink. Now, I have an analogy for this. It's like quantitative tightening. Just imagine all the investors in the world are in one big ballroom, right? Having a party. And the loudspeaker makes this announcement that we're, here's the news. We're going to start pumping the air out of this ballroom gradually. And the partiers are having a pretty good time. This is going to occur over many months. They don't really care immediately, but give it a few months, three months, six months, and it starts becoming difficult to breathe in the ballroom. Then panic starts to set in and everybody runs for the exits and people get trampled and it creates quite a calamity. And so we're just now at the point where they've just made the announcement that we're about to suck the air out of the ballroom, but no one's having problem breathing now, but give it six months yeah. and it will become much more difficult 
Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.